Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hi, Kim. Welcome. Welcome. Talk Welcome. Purpose and Truth. Yes. We're on Zoom again. Um, we should we should possibly be in studio again soon. It's been just so crazy. We don't even know anymore. Um, so it's yeah. working with Zoom right now. And it, we got to interview Morris Hayes last week. And he was in Arkansas. And that wouldn't have been able to happen. So yeah. sometimes it's, it's meant to be. We're going to jump right in. And I'm going to introduce... Susanna Sprague, and she is an empowerment coach, hypnotherapist, and owner of Joyful Meals Plant-Based Meal Delivery. And before I I welcome her and say hi, I just wanted to personally introduce her because it it has been a lot of years that, that we have known each other. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, it has been through so many different like life shifts and career shifts over probably like six, 20 years, I think, or something. Um, because I was in- yeah. Yeah, I was in the Vegan Vixens um, and I was doing like modeling and singing and stuff like that. And she would come and make appearances and do modeling. And then I did a kids TV show and she came and she it, it was a pilot and she was the host of it. And it almost made it and a bunch of stuff happened. But it was I don't even know if you knew this, um, Susanna, but it was we had a really big multi-million dollar company and there was like all this stuff going on. I think you knew back then. And then it fell through for some reasons that were with the producers. Um, yeah. And then when I went into more women's empowerment and speaking, she would come and do live, you know, talks and be on panels. And so we've, we've just known each other through our years and seen our kids grow up. And so anyways, it's just an honor to welcome you. So good to see you. And I'm used to calling you Susie, but it fits you, Susanna. So welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you both. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice to uh, meet you. you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and thank you for having me. And yeah, Kim uh, is not wrong. You know, it's, got, it's been a really, it's been almost 20 years and like that, it's just weird to be able to, to say you've known anyone for 20 years, you know, like outside of high school, you're like, Oh no, if I've known someone for 20 years, Oh, what does that mean? So yeah, no, we've done lots of projects and you always have uh Whenever you ask, I say yes, because I've never had a, a bad experience. I've always said yes, and I've always enjoyed my time with you, and you're always putting out quality content in just various mediums. So if you ask, I say yes, because I totally Aww. trust what you're doing. So Thank you. Happy to be well, here. Likewise, likewise. And, and as we'll talk about, I'm just very inspired by you because I've seen you grow and blossom so much and have so much strength through the years of everything you've been through and how much you're helping people now and how, you know, you're happily married and a great mom. And it's just, it's just very inspiring. And, um, that's why I I asked you if you could be on the show. Well, thank you. Yes. So, um, so I wanted to start by asking you, you previously, you were married to Corey Feldman. And I remember, I think I remember correctly, you, when you were younger, you were a fan of his and that's how you met him, correct me if I'm wrong. 
And then you guys were married on the surreal life. So what was yeah. that like, that period of your life? It's so funny that the, the reason why I'm in my car is because I was at an appointment and at that appointment, I was talking to the person that I was had the appointment with and having this exact conversation of what that was like, because I was 19 when I met him. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever been 19 before, but, um, <laughs> you know, you're not totally in your right mind, you know, <laughs> like you don't even, you don't even know what your mind is to be right in it or not. You know, you're just like, what's going on? And like, what do I want? And who am I? And like, you actually aren't even really asking any of those questions. You're really just like, oh, this is here now. I'll do this without really a lot of regard for consequences or how it might cause an effect and things like that. You just kind of go. And that's what I did. And I met him at 19 and I just, you know, we hit it off in a really just, it just strange how we met. I mean, just, you know, one of those like star aligned things and it worked out in the sense that like where he was at, and where I was at, you know, I mean, he was 30, he was 30 years old. Like, I couldn't imagine dating a 19 year old, but that's like another story, but where he was at and where I was at, it just, it worked. And, um, yeah, I was a fan of his when I was little, I loved his movies when I was little and I lived in Santa Cruz when they filmed lost boys. So for me, there was this like little bit of an extra attachment, like, Oh, I kind of know something about this person or felt some, you know, right. An extra layer of like, I know this person. And so I always just, you know, I had a crush on him when I was little and, and then I met him and he, you know, he liked me. It was like one of those, you know, it, it worked and yeah, we did. We got married on TV, which mm. is also, I mean, sorry, apologize my, for no reason. My phone's just falling down from the spot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the, yeah, we're going to, we're doing our best. Um, yeah, so we got married on The Surreal Life, and I think that was in 2002, the first the first season uh, that they were really getting into celebrities and putting celebrities in reality shows. Like, they had done Big Brother, and they had done The, the Real World with, like, yeah, you know, regular new. people, and they hadn't really done anything with celebrities, really, um, and then that they did that show, and, you know, you had MC Hammer on there, and Emmanuel Lewis and uh, Vince. Sorry. Oh, did you lose me? What's going on? We can still hear Hello. you. You can hear me. All right. It says um, that the temperature needs to cool down because I'm in the valley and it's 100, 103 um, oh, right now. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just keep talking. Um, yeah. So uh, this real life had all these celebrities and we ended up just getting married on the very last episode of that, which was, you know, I mean, you know, you can YouTube it if you, if you're ever curious of what it looked like, you know, back then, <laughs> way back mm -hmm. then in 2001 or 2002. Yeah. Crazy time, crazy time in my life. And right. you guys, and you, had, you had your amazing son. I was going to say the same thing. And you had, you had one, one child with him. Yeah, yeah, who turned 17 on Saturday. So Oh my gosh. I have a 17-year-old child, which is also very very mind-blowing to me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um we, yeah, we have we have one. One's one's a lot. You know, one's one's enough. I I get the two kids thing, but more than two, I'm like, are you are you 
like crazy? Like, are you, Me what's too. happening here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. And is he, is he showing up as a father? <laughs> he is. I mean, you know, like he and I, we keep, we keep pretty separate lives and we, we are co-parents with each other. We do a lot of things together as far as, um, you know, over the years we, we would, you know, do a Chris, there we go. We would do mm -hmm. a Christmas. I had to put it in front of the AC for a second. We would do kind of like Christmas mornings or we always did his birthdays. We've managed to parent like together without really stepping on each other's toes too much. I mean, we don't, we don't agree on everything. Um, but, uh, you know, the two of them are actually really close and I mean, they have, you know, teenagers are hard no matter what. So sometimes they butt heads, but for the most part, I mean, I think, you know, Corey's really good at like the, like he just took him to the UFC fight that like tickets were impossible to get. Mm. And it's something that my son's really into. He loves MMA and specifically the UFC, but in it, you know, some of his favorite fighters, like the, it was the Conor McGregor fight. So like biggest fight ever. And his dad got tickets, you know, so stuff uh -huh. like that, like once in a lifetime, cool opportunities, you know, that you're not going to get if you have a regular dad, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I know That's cool. they have a ton of fun together, you know, which I think is, is also important. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Because you, didn't, yeah. Gonna, you don't have to be best friends, but as long as you can have yeah. peace, yeah. that's really important. You know, and he's remarried and I'm remarried and, um, and we're all totally civil and nice to each other. And, you know, there's, like I said, some stuff has been hiccups over the years. We've been separated now for 12 years. So mm -hmm. over, over 12 years. Yeah. Sometimes you run into snags, but for the most part, we've all managed to like raise Zen and he's hit, you know, then has a great stepmom and a great stepdad. So that's awesome. actually that's really, really cool. lucky. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he's got four that, good parents. throughout that relationship, you were on the other reality show, the two Corey's with Corey Haim. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling us that because back then reality was still kind of new. It wasn't as common as yeah. it is now. And I remember mm -hmm. you saying, Oh my God, there was a scene that they made me. They forced me to cry all over again because I didn't cry hard enough. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's reality TV. Like, it's not reality. That's the, that's the reality of reality TV is that it's not. <laughs> so, right. you know, if we had a, a general, like, we'd have episode ideas. And there wasn't a script, like, this person says this thing, you know, the camera pans this way. It wasn't any of that kind of scripting. So, in that sense, it's unscripted but it's highly produced. And that those two things can be very different. You know, yes, yeah, something can be unscripted, but very produced. And you have a team of producers that have, you know, narratives, storylines and character arcs that they still need to accomplish. And right. if you have an eye for it, you can watch any reality show and see who's the bad guy, who's the bitch, <laughs> who's the yeah. pushover, who's the, the emotional one. Pretty much if it's a group, like a, like a cast of um, an ensemble of people, there's usually people that play certain roles throughout the, you know, duration of a show. And that's usually very, very, very produced. And that, that was no, it was definitely produced on, on, on our show. And we did have a scene where it was a fight and maybe, I think maybe the subject matter was real, but 
the we had to do m- more than one take. Oh, so, wow. and, and, and that's that in that in that sense. And that means it's produced. So right. in the first time I said it, I was emotional and, and I did have some tears. But we did a second take and I had to like, like in between the takes, I was not crying and I had to start over again like I would be if I were acting. So, yeah, you, know, you got to take all of it with a little bit of like, hmm, what's what's real here? And right. if they're trying to make somebody out to be crazy or somebody out to be, um, you know, the bad guy or whatever, it's for pure entertainment value. And it, it works. Like, it really, they know what they're doing. They're really right. good at it. <laughs> yeah, Eden, who does yeah. it make you think of? Uh, the Bachelor? No. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, who? Tina. Who? Tina. She, oh, she, oh, she, I, I can't even believe I didn't think of her. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, yeah. our yeah. top few, uh, we've done over a hundred episodes of this show mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. our top, it just stays in the top five of all time. Like nonstop is, um, the cast of Vanderpump rules and Sheena oh. Shea and, you know, several of them. And we've had where we've talked yeah. to Sheena about where they've labeled her and made her out to be yeah. a certain way on different seasons you know and that's it and then that's who she is and then that's what people think she is and then you know and then people go online and say things about her yeah based on some idea that you know isn't even real and you know you kind of sign up for it right or or you know you're getting paid or whatever but if it's not real and it's not really who you are it sometimes can i i got to a point where it really bothered me. Like I had never read such, I had never had such horrible things said about me in my life. Like my worst enemies had never said some of the venomous things I had read about myself online. And I remember going on like IMDB, like, like looking at, you know, before, and I think this is even before YouTube. So going on IMDB uh, and there'd be chat, you know, boxes where people could leave comments some of the worst, I mean, like painful, like hurtful. Mm-hmm. And, and I ultimately had to get to this place where I thought if there's people that know me, like my family, people I grew up with, if they thought this way or said these things, that would be one thing because they know who I am and their judge of my character means something because they, they, they know who I am. Someone who's only seen this real life or only seen the two Corys and they think that I'm like, some version of Yoko Ono that's torn up the two Corys and now I'm like the Antichrist. I'm like, no, no. So you just learn to not read. You have to not read it. You have to right. like, you know, separate out. from it. Tune, it's not yeah. real. Like, no, you know, none of it's real. <laughs> wow. Nothing is real in yeah. reality TV. <laughs> it's not. It's yeah. Not. It's entertaining and let it be entertaining, but not like, oh, this is, I know this person. I know exactly how they think and feel. Because we right. don't, you know, it's a produced version of them that fits a storyline, like yeah. for that episode or that season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is she, um, how is she in, how is she in normal and like, you know, day to day, like when you guys talk to her, how is she? Right. And that's one of oh, the episodes yeah. that was great is she, she showed her true side and vulnerable mm-hmm. side and she's mm-hmm. the nicest person and, and very she's intelligent. So nice. there you you know? Yeah. There you go such a nice such a nice person so giving and generous and yeah Mm -hmm. just yep I believe it yeah um were you with Corey at the time that Corey Haim passed away 
No, we had just separated. Okay. Yeah, we had just separated. I was on my own journey of like getting sober, stumbling over my own feet and things like that, you know? So um, I wasn't really around when um, Corey Haim was, he had kind of come back into Corey's life and they were, they were reconnecting and bonding over the fact that, you know, we had broken up. And so they were both single and they were like doing that kind of guy stuff. Mm -hmm. So he was around a lot. And I think I saw him once or twice, just kind of in passing, but um, you know, at that stage of things, it was still a little contentious between me and my ex-husband, just the, we weren't on, we weren't as, uh, soft around the edges with each other as we are now. <laughs> so right. it was like drop off my kid. It was like, you know, exchanging weeks with the kid and, and putting him, you know, and it was very quick by high by not no real mm-hmm. hanging out, but yeah. Yeah. It was really unfortunate that he passed away um so yeah. young and so had so much potential and yeah. just a really um he was a good he was another person that misrepresented mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I mean he was a drug addict um you know and he was those things and he did have those problems but he was actually gen he was a very like a very nice person he's mm-hmm. just a sweetheart selfish because he was you know anybody any using addict is going to be really selfish. Like show mm-hmm. me an addict that's not selfish, please. Um, you know, so he just was in his like disease and um, right. had a lot of demons and, but he was actually genuinely a very sweet person and didn't deserve the life that he, you know, he didn't deserve any of the crap that he had to deal with. He really didn't. Right. Cause it, it was rumored that what caused the addiction was something that happened to him as a boy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had, I think he had multiple things that happened to him as a boy that just a culmination of a lot of things and being so young and being surrounded by sharks, Mm -hmm. being surrounded by these, these adults that are not looking out for your best interests. They're looking out for their interests and you're a commodity and you just get used up. And, and then when your body catches up with it, like your spirit catches up with what you've just been through, you turn to substances or shopping or sex addiction or whatever to kind of deal with like the pain of what you weren't dealing with when you were 12 or 13. Right. Um, but then, but then it's too, like, then they don't want you, then they're not going to help you. You know, they use you all day while you're young and cute. And then they like, all right, we're done with you. But yet you still have a whole life to live with trauma and all kinds of stuff, you know? So, um, I didn't, I didn't understand him as much as I do now, now that he's gone, I understand his, I understand him more now than I ever did, um, you know, and it may, and it, it, it breaks my heart that he didn't have a, a, a longer period here to where he could have, you know, healed potentially worked through a lot of that. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you yeah. had a lot of struggles and have done a lot of healing work yourself. I so have. Can, you, can you talk like a little so bit about much. that? We talk a lot about that on this show. I myself, hmm. I got sober as well. Um, yeah. So you're I know you did. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. Um, yeah. I feel much more free. Um, just, I just feel clear and in the now, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so it's one thing if people have like bit? a drink once in a while. Yeah, sure. It's, uh, you know, some people have a drink, what, like at a family get together or, you know, go out to dinner and have a glass of wine or even a cocktail or, you know, people do that. 
when those people don't drink, there's not a big difference between the drinking and the not drinking because it's not consuming. But if you get to the point where when you quit, you're like, oh my God, I've got like all this clarity and I feel so much better. That just tells you that your body was just not, not mixing well with it. Right. And, or it was maybe you were, you know, drinking more than you, than your body needed. Um, and I'm really happy for you. And I love that. And congratulations. And I, um, yeah, I'm coming up on 11 years of sobriety myself in September. I'll have 11 years and yeah, it, I, it was needed, you know, I mean, I didn't just drink alcohol, you know, I, I drank plenty of alcohol, but I had, you know, like pill addictions and other stuff, you know, like, you know, I smoked a ton of cigarettes. Like I know cigarettes are technically not like a narcotic, but they're a drug, you know? So mm-hmm. I've been this coming January will be 11 years since I've had a cigarette, wow. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, so I've done the reason why I used anything, um, including people was to not feel or to just like go into a, just a different level of consciousness. One that's a little more subdued and a little more numb and a little less like feely, you know, I could mm-hmm. just be separated from my life. So whether it's a cigarette or a Vicodin or alcohol, it just would remove me from the, the present moment, which is, I just could never feel okay in the moment. I could never feel okay in my skin. I could never really feel like I was okay to be me. So it was just better to just not think about any of it. <laughs> like, so, but that only works for so long. Mm-hmm. And your spirit wants out, like your Mm -hmm. spirit wants out. And so it will drive you to, you know, to make the mistakes that make you fall hard enough so that you wake up. And so that for me, that was just what happened for me. I just, my spirit was like, all right, you've had enough fun, you know? And I, I ended up getting arrested on my way home from Vegas, you know, driving, driving by myself, but you know, under the influence and got arrested. And that was tough. Like that was a scary, I had never thought that I would ever, I just never thought it would happen. Like I was, and I was like, how the hell did I end up chained to another human being on like a inmate bus in, Mm -hmm. in like in Barstow. That was a low, I mean, it was a low point. Like anytime you're chained to another human being, I promise you, you start like looking at your life and, uh, and I just, uh, that was it for me. I mean, I, I did drug court classes and I ultimately didn't end up with anything on my record, thankfully, because it was just my first fence. And I did all the stuff and I went to rehab and, you know, I had had enough. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, you know, I've lived like 20 different lifetimes and I've, I've lived enough for 20 different people and I'm only 39. So like to yeah. let go of that stage was not that hard for me because that stage was just, it was really destructive and I, and I had a lot to lose. I had a little boy that I was in the middle of a custody battle with. And like, there was nothing on this planet that was going to keep me from him. And if like my addiction was going to get in the way of that, then that was something I needed to handle. And ultimately you have to do it for yourself. But he was a major, major motivating factor to keep me going when it was hard to, you know, stay sober. So it was like, I, I, I would be risking him. And that just was too much for me. It was, you know, it wasn't, there's nothing, you know, nothing that compares to that. So, 
um, yeah, so I, I ended up, you know, I, I'm in, you know, the, you know, the sobriety fellowship and I do all that and, you know, um, and that has just morphed into, you know, the way my life is now, you know, I met my husband in the same, that same group of people and he's sober with me. And so we live up, you know, so the life I have today is like, it's so vanilla <laughs> and and square and just like we're I'm in bed by 9 30 you know <laughs> and um and we pray and meditate in my house and we it's it's a very very different approach to the day yeah and it's a different approach to marriage it's a different approach to work it's a different approach to parenting and um it's just more centered balanced, meaningful things like that you know that's how I feel on a daily basis and I've unloaded a ton of baggage and I've dealt with a lot of traumas. And so where I feel now, I feel light and I don't feel weighed down by past or shame or any of that stuff. It, that's now gone. And that's part of the work that I do now for other people as I help them release their shame, guilt, traumas, negative emotions, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, it, I've, I have purposeful work. Like, I love and so, yeah. And so just to wrap it up, like where I'm at now is that, doing all of my own personal struggles and my own personal like deep 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 diving and dealing with like the death of my father and the end of a first marriage and like drug addiction and just bulimia and like all kinds of really intense life experiences being on the other side of that um gives me quite a bit of wisdom just in the like what it's like so if someone comes to me and they're like I've got all this stuff. Here's what my life looks like. I'm not like, oh my God, I have no idea what, I know right. exactly what it's like. I know yeah. I can identify. And that's what helps people open up is that if they feel like they're being understood and that they feel like, okay, there's camaraderie here. I'm not crazy because I feel this way or I'm not bad because I did this thing. I've had people that are like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm worried you might judge me because I do hypnosis, uh, I'm a hypnotherapist as well. And sometimes people are like, I'm afraid that you're going to like, you know, put me into hypnosis and, yeah. um, and get some like secret out of me that, you know, is going to be really embarrassing. And I'm like, well, first of all, there's nothing you can, like, there's nothing you've done that I haven't probably done, or at least mm -hmm. know someone that's done it, you know? So I'm a no judgment. I've been there, done that. I've seen it. And, like, it's about healing and it's about like releasing shame. Like I love Brene Brown. And her whole mission of being shame-free. Oh, what a purposeful mission that is. Yeah, so, that's mm -hmm. so funny. That's I, have right. look at, I have this book right now. Oh, it's the best. The, She's the best. The Gifts She's of the Imperfection. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It, just if you think about how much time is wasted and energy is wasted on shame. Yeah. What if, where does shame fall into, like, necessary human emotions? It, there's no use of it. Like, there's no... There's nothing that is productive out of shame. It's just it's very, like it's very low vibration. Spiral. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ego. Totally. It's, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I, I in a nutshell, so that's proud me. of you for everything <laughs> Thank you. you've become. Thank you. And it's so good to see you truly happy. Yeah. And then you you yeah. go, oh my God, it was all worth it because now I get exactly. to live my purpose. I, I feel like that's who, you know, yeah. I get to. Yeah. I get to live my purpose and have all these things that I can help people with that I wouldn't have had before. I mean, I don't want any more. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you haven't, you've had enough of the, the life experiences. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on yeah. life experiences. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I can help enough people with the trauma that I already, you know, went through. How yes. old are your girls now? They're like, um, Eden has two girls also, and so do I. Mine are nine and 15. So Noelle is 15, and her Maybe. girls yeah. are almost 18 and 21. So yeah. we're all, we're all parents here. <laughs> My uh, my phone is hot again, so sorry. Well, but, we're yeah, gonna we're gonna wrap it up anyway. But okay, um, we we would love for you to share how people can hire you, find you, what services you awesome. offer. Awesome, yeah. So and thank you so much for the platform to do that and to for the for the further exposure. I am truly grateful for that because um you know that's what we that's how this thing works, right? So I will right. um I, I will be for sure doing a um paying it forward so thank you guys for having me today um yeah, yeah. so i offer i do offer you know one-on-one -on -one coaching and life coaching empowerment coaching i help people with you know like i, I well i help people quit smoking all the time um and i can help with weight loss and i you know there's all, so many different things that hypnosis can really help with people that want to you know high achievers at work that want to perform better I have a whole set of like sessions that can get you just killing it at your job. Um, you know, just things like that. So, and I, I, most of my clients are women, but I, you know, it is, it's anybody that really wants to just improve or at least release the burdens of their past. Um, mm. So I do that. And then so I'm on Instagram, um, just as my name, Susanna Sprague, uh, zero, zero. But I do have a Facebook page, but my website is um, www.joyfulmeal or Joyful Minds Coaching. Joyful Meals is my other business that we didn't get into. It's just another side project at this point. Um, but uh, Joyful Minds Coaching, that's J O Y F U L L M I N D, so mindscoaching.com. Um, and nice. I can be booked on there. I have my, my emails on there. My, my phone's on my phone numbers on there as well. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm helping people unload unnecessary baggage is my specialty. So that we it. can just like move on. So we can just right. move on and we like carry that. on, be happy, yeah. become unstoppable. Yeah. 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 And it's, so, and it's absolutely yeah. possible. So I love that. It is. It is, well, thank it is, you it very is. much, and awesome. um, hopefully I'll see you in person next time. And um, yeah, that would be great. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> thank you, Susanna. Bye, Eden. Nice to meet Bye, you. you Bye, you too. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.